This is the Overtime Podcast Network. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host. Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com, back with part six of our 10-part series, breaking down the 10 biggest questions facing the New York Jets in 2019 that are going to determine whether or not they are finally going to be a playoff team. If you missed the first five episodes, they are all available on this feed, and we're all also recorded here in the Vivid Seat studio, where we need to remind you that if you use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app, you get $100 off on your first-time purchase, so make sure to take advantage of that. All other episodes in this series are available on our iTunes. Please subscribe, rate, and review there. Once we get to 550, we're going to do another giveaway you can check the history. We've given away a Le'Veon Bell jersey. We've given away a Jamal Adams jersey. We've given away some shirts. We're out there handing out the gear for the kind people who uh, give us our ratings and help our searchability. Uh, podcast is also available on Spotify, Google Play, TurnOnTheJets.com, and promoted through my Twitter feed, at Jay Caparoso. Episode 1, looked at Sam Darnold. Episode 2, Le'Veon Bell. Episode 3, CJ Mosley. Episode 4, Robbie Anderson. Yesterday's episode focused on the offensive line. Today's episode, we are going to talk about just how much the Jets are going to miss both Chris Herndon for four games that he'll be gone and Avery Williamson for the entire season, which he will miss due to a preseason ACL injury. We will again be back tomorrow with another episode, followed by episode 8, 9, and 10 in the subsequent days, which will take us right into our week one preview episode for Jets Bills. So appreciate everyone listening day to day. Of course, we have other written coverage at TurnOnTheJets.com, talking about all the roster news and transactions that have been going on. So let's talk what the Jets will be missing. So prior to training camp starting, there was an anticipation that Chris Herndon was going to get suspended. Most of us assumed it would be two games turned out to be four games, and that does not seem that there's going to be an appeal that is going to change that. So the expectation should be that Herndon is going to miss one-fourth of the Jets' season, their first four games against the Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns, New England Patriots, and Philadelphia Eagles. Avery Williamson, second preseason game was, for whatever reason, in late in the second quarter, Torres ACL, out for the season. Uh, probably not a guy who's going to be part of the team's long-term plans. I wouldn't bet on him being here uh, in 2020, although there are some, there is some dead money they would have to eat with his contract, but we'll see how that shakes out. With Williamson gone for the whole year, with Herndon for the first four games to help fill the gap that he left, the Jets signed veteran, formerly of the Houston Texans, Ryan Griffin. He is likely to be the starter. While Herndon is out, he, you know, is a guy who a couple seasons ago had a pretty big year, got up over 50 catches in that Houston offense, you know, gradually had his role diminished, uh, is an okay two-way player. There's a reason he was a free agent when he was, when the Jets signed him. But based on what else they have currently on the roster, 
Eric Tomlinson, uh, a guy who really looked over a match last year as a quote-unquote blocking tight end uh, and is uh, you know a holdover from the old regime. I would not bet on him making uh, the roster or making any impact if he does stick on the bottom of it. Uh, rookie Trevin Wesco, a guy who was really more of a blocking tight end in college and despite having some athleticism, asking a guy who only two years ago ta- caught two passes in a season uh, to be a major receiving threat his rookie year probably unwise. Uh, They also have uh, journeyman Daniel Brown, but counting on him for much is also probably unwise. So Griffin, more of an experienced player. I don't think it's going to be a one-for-one swap where the Jets ask Griffin to do everything they're going to ask Chris Herndon to do. Herndon, who really outside of Robbie Anderson, was the Jets' most consistent offensive playmaker last year. After a fairly slow start, uh, ended up starting 12 games, Wrapped up with 39 catches for 502 yards and four touchdowns. No small accomplishment considering what the Jets' offense was last year and who was calling their plays. And a guy who is a good two-way player, you do not have to hide him as a blocker in the pass or run game, but has that athleticism to attack down the seam, line up outside the numbers, and take advantage of different matchups that he gets against linebackers and safeties, and is really one of the harder players to match up with on the Jets' offense, and someone who, if he was playing 16 games this year, this is a guy that you'd regularly see ranked you know, somewhere in the top 10 uh, in all your fantasy football tight end rankings, and someone who I think we'd be talking about has a 55 to 65 catch guy around 700 yards if not more and someone who could have five to seven touchdowns as a sophomore and really get on the path to being one of the best young tight ends in the NFL you know no one's saying he's going to turn into George Kittle overnight but the talent's there for him to be a real dynamic player and a consistent security blanket at the tight end position is Sam Darnold now missing a fourth of the season and having to integrate into you know the fifth game is going to you know temper those expectations a little bit and what he does uh, as a pass catcher is probably closer to something that Quincy Inua could fill a guy who has experience playing H back and even some tight end and sliding inside the problem is when you do that with Inua it opens you up a little bit more at receiver where the Jets don't have a ton of depth right now uh, and when again you're moving him out of his primary spot so there's a trickle down effect to the rest of the roster I do think the process of filling in for Herndon is going to be a bit of a committee. I think guys like Inua and even Ty Montgomery are going to get their quantity of targets bumped a little bit, uh, while Griffin will be somewhat involved in the passing game. You're not going out of your way to give Ryan Griffin targets when you have Le'Veon Bell, Ty Montgomery, Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson also out there, but you have to keep defenses honest. So I do think he will play the lion's share of the reps uh, much more so than Wesco, who I think will be somewhat involved, but I, I wouldn't be betting on uh, any receiving overs for Trevin Wesco in the first four weeks uh, of the regular season. Uh, I do think it's just something where, you know, Anua and, and Montgomery has sort of the secondary batch of targets. Guys who are in line for targets, I would say behind Anderson, Bell, and Crowder, move up in the priority list without Herndon there. And you know, it's a tough four games to be missing Chris Herndon for because you're going to have to outscore Cleveland. You're going to have to outscore New England. And, you know, Philly is a well-rounded team. And to not have one of your more dynamic young players offensively uh, is really going to be a challenge to overcome. And there's, you know, there's no reason to act like uh, 
that it's not. And this is not a team that is really stacked with depth. And when you miss a guy like this, it puts more stress on the middle class and lower class of your roster. And that part of the Jets roster is particularly barren because of all the bad drafting that they've done in the recent years. And that's why, you know, credit, just like he did on the offensive line by going to get Ryan Khalil, you know, Douglas didn't sit pat. He went and got Ryan Griffin. And Ryan Griffin is, just, you know, not a savior. But do you feel better going into week one through four with him starting with his experience than you would with a fourth round rookie uh, in Trevin Wesco starting or Eric Tomlinson starting? Yeah. So it's it's an upgrade over those guys. It's not a one-for-one fill for Herndon. And he's a guy who could slot into being decent depth for him uh, ultimately when he returns. So, you know, I, I would just expect a bigger role from certain Jets in those early weeks. And, you know, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, you saw in that first preseason game, you know, Herndon make that big catch on third down. And he's just, he's a dynamic target over the middle and really came on strong down the stretch. Uh, and help will help when he's out there. Keep too much of a focus off Robbie Anderson outside the numbers and a focus off Le'Veon Bell uh, for all of the different things he does as a runner and a receiver. So, you know, can the Jets find a way to score enough points to get a quote-unquote upset in Week 2, Week 3, or Week 4 without him? You know, we're going to see. And you got to hope that maybe out of those four games you get one pleasant surprise game from Griffin where maybe he grabs four catches for 50 yards for you uh, because defenses are just, you know, leaving him as a last consideration and he's able to take advantage of that. And if they can get that out of him, uh, that's probably realistically the best that they can ask for. There's no reason to sugarcoat it, though. Losing Herndon for a fourth of the season with how this roster is currently constructed sucks, and it's going to be a tough thing for Sam Darnold to overcome. This this team is not deep enough yet because of the work the previous regime did to lightly miss their among their most talented players. And I would say Herndon is absolutely in the top 10, if not even the top 7 or 8, when you're looking at this overall roster. Now, defensively, different conversation. Avery Williamson... Not out just for four games, out for the full season. Williamson, a solid, if not spectacular, not a solid but not spectacular starter for the Jets last year who was acquired via free agency. Uh, played all 16 games for them, was a true three-down backer, which he really wasn't in Tennessee. And, you know, had a respectable season next to Darren Lee. 120 tackles, uh, three sacks, one interception, um, was good, was still a little bit of a liability in pass coverage, but not quite as much as some anticipated him to be. And, you know, was one of the better starters on the defense last year. Now, next to C.J. Mosley, he clearly would have been their second best inside linebacker. And it appeared that from his usage in training camp and preseason, that Greg Williams might have been deprioritizing his usage a little bit. And that could be a mix of things. It could be that, look, the Jets are going to play more 4-3 or they're going to play more nickel and sub looks that only have one inside linebacker on the field. And if you only have one inside linebacker on the field, it's the guy you paid $80 million for in C.J. Mosley, who's one of the best inside linebackers, if not the best inside linebacker in the NFL. It's not going to be Williamson. And, you know, Williamson, as we've said, you know, a year older is not a great option in pass coverage and you would have to think that you know if you were looking at the Jets defense originally and how you were going to attack them you would say look they're very strong and big up the middle Leonard Williams Quentin Williams CJ Mosley Avery Williams and Jamal Adams 
Where we want to attack them is we want to spread them out. We want to get Williamson and Mosley in space. Make those guys cover. Make them cover our running backs. Make them cover our slot receivers. Make them cover our tight ends. Um, That's how teams are likely to attack the Jets, even still. Now, are the Jets going to work to compensate for that by playing more 4-3, particularly now? Probably. I think they're going to be a, a hybrid of a lot of different things where it's going to be hard to even pin down exactly what their base defense is, which I think is a good thing. Now, in terms of who fills the vacuum of whatever reps that um, Williamson was going to play, the Jets used a fifth-round pick on Blake Cashman this year, a player who you know has been okay in the preseason, not, not great, has, has looked a little overmatched, particularly in pass coverage, has nice athleticism, had trouble staying healthy in college, a player that Jet fans are probably a little out over their skis about right now as being a year-one heavy starter and impact player. He is probably a guy who really would have been best served being a situational player on defense this year who gradually worked his way into more playing time um, and a special teamer rather than someone you're asking to you know, start and play 50, 60, 70 snaps a game because there's going to be some, some bumps for a fifth-round rookie. Uh, and you saw some of that already in the preseason. They also have Neville Hewitt, a guy who's a holdover from last year who actually does have previous experience with Adam Gates from his time in Miami. Solid special teamer. Did okay last year when he was filling in for Darren Lee during his suspension. Is kind of like a poor man's version of Williamson, although I wouldn't say the gap between them is that that big, but a somewhat similar type of player in that he's going to struggle in pass coverage, and you saw that uh, when Alvin Kamara got matched up against him uh, in the preseason game, and to be fair, very few people are covering Alvin Kamara, but you know, Hewitt is not someone whose strength is pass coverage. He's more of a traditional two-down inside linebacker who's going to be more effective against the run than he would be against the pass. So you have to wonder if there's going to be some type of hybrid between those two when the Jets do two ha- do have two inside linebackers on the field. And if they're going to go to a more 4-3 heavy look, you know, that would seem to make sense based on their defensive depth chart where there's a glut of guys you feel pretty good about at the defensive end and the defensive line position overall. You have Leonard Williams going into his contract year, former top six pick. You have the third overall pick in the draft in Quentin Williams. You have Henry Anderson coming back after a career year. Steve McClendon still a solid two-down nose tackle. Foley Fatsukatsi in year two. Uh, has looked really good this preseason. And then, you know, outside of those five, you're not really seeing anyone play too, too many reps of how that shakes out. But with those five, you know, anytime you could find a way to get Anderson and both Williams out there together, I think that's probably to the Jets' benefit. You know, there are some drawbacks in being that defensive line heavy, but if you're just trying to get your most talented players out there, you're going to have all three of them out there and not a Neville Hewitt or a Blake Cashman. So I think we'll see a lot of that from Greg Williams. And defensively, the Jets are going to have to figure out, you know, are they using a third safety, a guy like Derek Kindred, who's, you know, a safety but a little bit almost more of a linebacker? Uh, is he someone who plays a bigger role? The Jets are out there in three safety looks. Does Rontez Miles maybe play a little more? Uh, do they find another slot corner? They just traded for Hairston uh, that they feel good about. Does he have a bigger role in the team? The Jets go more defensive back heavy uh, to compensate for some of the lack of speed that they feel that they might have at the second level. It's not like Jordan Jenkins is a burner out there either. You know, Ja'Kai Polite looks far, far from ready. Um, 
So I think the Jets and Greg Williams are going to have to get creative to you know cover their depth chart deficiencies and somewhat similar to Herndon with Williamson, you know you sort of you're testing that middle and lower class of the roster. You know Williamson, you know not a star on this team, but you would go into this year being like, yeah, he's probably one of our nine to thirteen best players, and now that guy's knocked out, and it puts more of a strain on. A guy you really counted on to be a special teamer in Hewitt and a guy you really didn't count on making a massive year one impact in Cashman. So it just strains your roster a little more uh, in losing him. And, you know, again, I I wouldn't bet on him being a long-term piece here because how much can you continue to invest in inside linebacker? You know, we've already talked about how much the Jets spent on C.J. Mosley and you don't want to be too, too heavy on these inside positions while ignoring the outside positions, which has been a problem for the Jets in recent years. So, you know, is the net impact of 20 missed games from Herndon and Williamson one total loss, maybe? I don't think that's a crazy assertion to make. Uh, I, I would feel you would feel better about this overall roster if you had Avery Williamson for 16 games, if you had Chris Herndon for 16 games, missing Herndon for four missing Williamson for 16, unless the Jets get better than expected play from certain players that they scrap off the waiver wire or trades or younger players, it's the kind of thing that could ultimately cost them a game at some point. You know, Offensively, they can't score quite enough because they don't have enough good matchups in the middle of the field. And defensively, you know, a guy like Hewitt or a guy like Cashman is, you know, makes a mental error and is out of place because they're not really prepared to be a full-time starter and you know these are the things that could cost you but it's part of it for any NFL team you know every NFL team is dealing with some type of injury or some type of suspension and the Jets you know these were sort of the two main headline ones uh, that had happened through the first few weeks of the preseason and it will put an interesting you know strain on you know their roster and it'll be interesting to see how Joe Douglas you know continues to respond and evolve to it you know we saw him be proactive on the offensive line with Ryan Khalil we saw him be proactive on the uh, tight end position with Ryan Griffin uh, you know what else are they going to do defensively to continue to tweak that linebacker group which I think outside of Mosley uh, could really be fluid, you know, this year and then particularly next year. I think it's going to be one of those spots that could pretty aggressively be remade uh, in the offseason as this new Jets front office looks to put their ultimate imprint on on what this defense is going to be. So, you know, a bummer uh, on losing these guys. You know, Williamson gave the team a solid season last year. With Herndon, don't sleep on him on your fantasy drafts. Everyone's going to forget about him. Grab him in one of the late rounds. I don't doubt that he is going to be a guy that, you know, really sort of hits the ground running uh, when he comes back. I don't think there's going to be much of a ramp period on him being an immediate starter and immediately being pretty involved because we know Darnold's comfortable with him. Um, And I think he could be someone who immediately is sort of right in that top tier of people getting talents, uh, targets, you know, narrowly right behind, uh, you know, Bell, Crowder and Anderson, who I think ultimately will shake out as being the top three targets this year. But Herndon, you know, once he gets going, could really be right behind them because, 
you know, we all know how important a dynamic tight end is in today's NFL. And Herndon is someone who could line up at Y, line up at H, line up at slot receiver, line up outside the numbers and make an impact. And we saw bits and pieces of that last year. And that was with a pretty damn bad offensive coordinator. So for whatever flaws that, you know, Adam Gase and Dowell Loggins may have, the hope is that there'll be some type of upgrade in terms of creativity and how they use him next year. And, you know, when you get in a hurry up and play more up tempo, that's more of a situation for a guy like Herndon to get matched up on a linebacker, on a safety. And there's not going to be a lot who could really match up with him well. And if he gets on a slot corner, he's just going to have too much size. And it's going to be someone who could be a real weapon in the red zone. Uh, and there's no reason that even with missing four games that he can't match or maybe even slightly exceed his touchdown total next year. Because when all the defenses are keying on a Le'Veon Bell or a Jamison Crowder or a Robbie Anderson, that should open up some favorable matchups for Herndon. And when this offense is really humming in their base set with the three receivers out there and with Herndon at tight end, uh, he's someone who's going to be in a much better position than he was last year to make a bigger impact. So let's hope that Ryan Griffin allows them to tread water early in the season and then slots in as a capable backup. And let's hope defensively that, you know, Blake Cashman is able to learn fast and learn on the fly or the Jets get a lot more comfortable operating consistently in a 4-3. Uh, and when they're out there with two inside linebackers, if it's not Cashman, it's a guy like Hewitt helping them hold the fort uh, well enough until they're able to address the position in another way long term.